Well, what up, Jolyn? Hey, what did you do to celebrate your ancestors' um, day yesterday? Uh, focus on building 12 companies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about that more later. It's Mark, been, uh, I was making a joke about your ancestors being Christopher Columbus. I was just joking. Oh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> he is definitely he is definitely not a part of this this tribe, and he's definitely not a part of this uh, this draft. So I joke, uh, I, joke, I joke. He may be in the in the G League or something like that. But uh, how are you? Oh, you know, everything's sunny over here in Leisureton. How are you doing? Oh, you know, everything's over the over here in uh, you know, Heist High City. High City? Okay. <laughs> I mean okay. I may have to make that I may have to make that shirt. High City. What do you think? I would rock it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, all right. So let's get ready. Like, you know, hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Av. You know, we're gonna definitely talk about a few things and hopefully drop some knowledge bombs as well. Uh but until then, let's just go ahead and cue that intro. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, all right, so what's good, everybody? I'm Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-creator, and all things galactic, and of course, sitting over there in Leisureton with a wonderful A Different World sweater. I see you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Give it up for none other than the wonderful. <laughs> it's Jill and see the place to be clearly cracking up. What does it, cousins, on this fine <laughs> Tuesday? All right, y'all. So like we said, this is the app. So, you know, we're taking it back collegiate style. So, you know what they say, whether events, yards, class, or the calf, we're all connected to the app. And in this world, we're all connected to this wonderful thing called the markets, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's up or it's down, no matter what it is, we're connected. So, Jolynn, we got a lot to get into today. So let's just, you know, get the obvious stuff out of the way, shall we? Mm-hmm. By the way, sidebar, do you like my Halloween theme going on here? Um, I don't celebrate pagan holidays, so I'm completely indifferent. I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm going with a thriller vibe. You know, I was going to, like, you know. I like the light. Black. That's what I was talking about. Like, Yeah, I like literally. the light. I like the light. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, had to, I had to switch the timeline of mm-hmm. how fast the lights transition. So Got we're it. out here. Got yeah, it. We're out here. All right. So. Y'all, uh, let's get some of the obvious stuff out of the way. Like, for example, if you haven't subscribed yet, um, like, right. what the? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So we've been waiting. <laughs> Go ahead and hit that subscribe button down below. But, you know, you know, you may be a little bit skeptical and that's OK. So go ahead and hold that 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 skepticism and let's hope that we earn your subscriber. click. And on top of that, if you like what you see as it pertains to the Come Up series, if you like our content and everything else, go ahead and hit the like button. And if you want to be in the know, just like how Cousin Ajani was coming through, saying hello, what's good, brother? What's good? What's good? What's good? He was first here in the chat because he had his notification bell turned on. So if you want to be in the know, if you want to be shouted out here in the Come Up series, then go ahead and hit the bell. So that way when we post the video, and you're there in the chat. We see you. We definitely be paying attention, y'all. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's that. All right. So, Jolynn, 
Yes. What happened today? Um, well, that is an excellent question as I'm trying to share this on all social media platforms. All right. Ah. Um, ah. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Miss CAF. Hey, how you doing? Okay, so <clears throat> let's get into what happened in these markets or whatever. All right. We wait, hold up. Let me make it official. Let me take a second. I don't have one. <laughs> I need I need like a gavel or something. Okay. So here we go. We got the Dow coming in. Um, let's see. It was up 36.31 points. We're now at a level of 29,239.19. Um, oh, my gosh. Mark. Yas. Totally. Almost forgot to say it. So here we go. We got S&P 500 negative 23.55 points. We're now at um, below that 3,600 mark. I will note mm. that. At mm-hmm. 3,588.84, and the NASDAQ was negative 115.91. We are now at a level of 10,426.19. The VIX coming in hot at 33.63, and we have mm-hmm. the senior treasury note uh, tickling just you know, just tickling that four percent at 3.945 percent um, to the upside. Now, Mark. Yes, As you know, and all the cousins that have been here, they all know that we like to track the top um, three and the bottom three of these sectors so we can see what that rotation uh, is looking like in these sectors. And so we have a real estate, consumer staples and health um, holding it down in the top three. And then for our bottom three, we have financials, technology and communication services heading over to our pick performance. Um, if you're new and you don't know, well, I'm about to let you know so that you'll know for next time, um, you can head on over to our Instagram page at that come up series. And there you scroll through and you will find our pick list, AKA the sips. Let me take a sip. And we have a very familiar um, pick S Q Q Q holding it down at the very top um, for 3.73 percentage points to of the upside. You know, SQQQ has been with us for a while, Mark. It's been on the list for a, a good, a good for moment. quite some time. Like, can I just, can I just say, can I just like say one thing about SQQQ? You could say year? two things. What you want to say about SQQQ? I just want to say SQQQ. The stock is up hundred and twelve percent, almost one hundred and thirteen percent. But it's like one hundred and twelve percent year to date. Man, mm. yeah. Okay. In this market, right. carry that- on. <laughs> That's fascinating. Okay, so now we have um ABBB up 2.31%. And we have Nike coming in at 1.50 percentage points to the upside. Now for our bottom three, we have Lamb Research at negative 6.75%. Um, Netflix down negative 6.82%. And Joanne is down negative 6.95%. So you can see that most of the picks um, that were in the bottom, oh, that's funny. Most of the picks that are at the bottom are, you know, similar in how many points they went down today. Although yeah. I'll note that they, you know, have different market caps. It's just interesting that that um, six point something was the common theme for the bottom of, of the list. Mark. Mm. So um, we have a lot to discuss. Yeah. So um, let me just say that there were um, a handful of cousins that I actually had some very um, candid conversations with. 
and yeah. we were addressing um we're addressing a lot of things. We're addressing um, gaps in knowledge. We were um, also, I'm getting phone calls. Good Lord. You got cousins um, calling you while you live? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, gaps in knowledge. Um, okay. And also there was some, some like, you know, hopelessness in the sense of, you know, what do I do? This is my first time, you know, mm. experiencing a bear market. So, what do I do? I'm not sure what to do. And let me just say that for those cousins that I spoke to, I really appreciate um, your candor and your vulnerability in um, sharing. Because sometimes, you know, you want to, you might not feel comfortable sharing, but I'm glad that in this instance, you felt comfortable. Um, because when Mark and I were in the production room um, and having our pre-production meeting, um, you know, we discussed uh, some of these things. And although a lot of this stuff has been said throughout the Come Up series, um, there was a special request to have it all as much as possible in one episode. Um, and so that is for you. So shout out to the cousins who um, opened their mouths and asked for what they wanted. Um, so this is for you. So now, Mark, we get to talk about in one sit-down episode all these ting and ting and tings. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. All right. So should we just get started? Yeah, let me let me get comfortable though first. Okay. I don't know how comfortable I can get. I'm I'm, I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm I'm standing here like there's no chair. <laughs> Yeah, well, I tried that, that one behind thing. me. Clearly not. Huh? I tried that standing thing that one time and I'm over it. I'm good. I'm going to sit down man. in my comfy chair every time. I'm out here. I'm out here. Like, let's go. All right. So let's go ahead and cue that uh, presentation deck up if we can. Uh, if possible, please. Okay. All right. So um, what we currently are in today, I mean, it's you know, quite obvious that we are in a bear market and we've been in a bear market for quite some time. It's now October 11th and we pretty much have been in a downward trend really since you could, some would say January, but you can technically really say November of 2021. Um, if you go back and check a lot of the charts where it's like the market really peaked at its point in time. And then essentially we've just been in the downward. Uh, yeah, it's been a downward bear market trend ever since. So you've been seeing the market getting wrecked. Uh, your portfolios are probably being crushed a lot. Of the, and it's not just you. So I want you to understand this. It doesn't just like only just extend to retail investors. Like you've got hedge funds that are being crushed. You've got investment banks that are being crushed. You have everybody in the world being crushed because of the fact is that there was a lot of things that were expected. And then there were some things that were not expected, but Outside of those things, because I think that we discussed those, some of those things to nausea, like, for example, Russia, Ukraine, which ultimately impacts energy, hence the reason why you see that energy is having its best year. And of course, I mean, tie that alongside with OPEC. And then, of course, you have the Federal Reserve, which has been a hot topic since really, I mean, really since the pandemic, because nobody really talked about the Federal Reserve or anything economical you know, really on a large, especially on a retail investor's uh, standpoint, really since the pandemic started, and it really put things into the focal point 
or it really just became like, okay, hey, we're all focused on the Federal Reserve and what they do. So you got to see in one cycle where they went through heavy quantitative easing, and now you're seeing a quantitative tightening period, which in quantitative easing periods, it's amazing. Let the champagne pour and everything else. When it's quantitative tightening or when we go into a tightening period and also in a rate hike environment, um, then it's like, okay, you know, this sucks. So in this episode today, we're going to talk about a lot of things and try to do our very best in giving you a solid breakdown of some of the things to look at of how is it that you should kind of like mindset wise, as well as position yourself when it comes to bear markets and recessions. Now, of course, a recession is pretty much when GDP growth slows or it pretty much goes negative for two quarters consecutively. That's the definition of a recession. I don't know what this other definition is that they're giving you on in DC, but that's a whole nother other, as Jolene would probably say. So I'm going to just stick to the facts here and probably just say that we're in a recession. Now, is it like the typical type of recession? You could you can argue at that at the table. You know, in my definition, I probably say it's more technical because of the fact of the things that transpired during the pandemic, which induced the economy into going into a recession. And then here we are now, since there's so many things that are causing shock to the market, um, which rate hikes are having huge impacts on credit markets, though that we haven't really seen them fully solidify themselves. The Fed is like literally just going straight up Leroy Jenkins and just like, okay, look, I'm going for it. Forget what everybody else says. I'm just going to be straight on aggressive. And look, this is my script. If you don't like it, then hey. Um, so to put it into perspective, and a lot of folks compare uh, Chairman Powell to what he's doing uh, in comparison to Volcker from back in the day. But the difference is, is that when you go back and look at the rate hikes for the federal funds rate, Volcker, the hike went, I think it was like by two and a half times. So it was like a two and a half times multiple. So whatever the rate was, it's like, it's just, you know, really doubled that or two and a half that versus when you go through Fed Pal, that's 13 and a half or almost 14 X versus, you know, so it's, it's kind of like we've had some significant shocks in the market and the market is really trying to digest that. And that's one of the biggest things, especially when we're dealing with inflation. So let's carry on as it pertains to, since I've set the stage for everybody, let's move into like, just for those in whom wish that still don't understand what the bear market is, let's get into it. So the first thing that we got to look at is a bear market, which occurs when there is a greater than 20% peak to trough. Trough. Ah, I did it again. <laughs> trough. <laughs> uh, drop in the S&P 500. So which means that we go from the highs all the way to the lows. And that's pretty much greater than 20%. So when you find yourself greater than 20%, you're now in bear market territory. Anything in between 20 and let's say 10 or 5, that's more so like a healthy correction, aka pullback or you know whatever you want to call it. Almost all investors will experience at least a handful of bear markets, both in their working years and during their retirement. And trust and believe, baby, 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 <laughs> they are painful. Uh, so when they say you know, when they define a bear market, right? Like, cause that's, that's really where it comes down to. When we're defining a bear market, it's pretty much, like we said, it's like we've fallen by at least 20% from the peak. Um, and then rather than focus only on the peak to trough uh, drop time period, you know, what we call the drawdown period. Um, we also like to include that time that takes for stocks to register another all time high which is, you know, there's, so we have that, the drawdown, and then what we have is called the recovery. Now, a lot of folks are, can't wait for the recovery, and we're clearly not there yet. But again, it's like, we're, 
gonna get there and then that's where we're at the point now where it's like that market capitulation where it's like okay hey everybody's looking around like are you gonna buy are you gonna buy i don't know um so we're i think we're i don't know if we're fully there yet i mean it's a lot of things that are predicated based upon what happens on the economic side aka the fed and aka the results that they hear from economic indicators like cpi uh, Mm -hmm. pmi wage inflation, those types of things, those all predicate the the Fed's decision whether or not they're going to slow down. And from what we've been hearing, a lot of the tough talk that we've been hearing from the Fed is the fact that they don't seem like they're going to be pulling back anytime soon. Mark, I do want to say that I was able to. So when I started, um, because my anniversary of being Mm -hmm. um, in the market is next month. So when I started November 26, 2018, that was a bad, bad year. So it was. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> it was. It was bad. It was a bear market, and I got in, made my first trades. Twenty nineteen yep. was the beginning of that bull market. It <laughs> was a great, a great, great year, and so when I look at this time, even though it's a bear market, it reminds me. That's why that's for me personally, this is why I don't, um, you know, get deterred in a market like this, because this is how it was for me when I started. And if I would have never started, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't even be here right now. Yeah. And it and it's like it's scary in bear markets. Like, that's the biggest part about it. And it's like, you know, especially when you're hearing so much information that's coming out, you don't know when the selling is going to stop. Um, there's a lot of things that are coming out where it's like, you hear this thing and it, con- it contradicts this thing. I mean, for me, like, this is probably like one of the worst years that I'm having within say, for example, my trading journey. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the fact that, yeah, th- of course there was things that I foresaw coming. Like, for example, you know, we were going to have to raise rates, you know, sooner or later, the, the party was going to have to come to its end, you know, Q and I talk, you know, used to talk about that somewhat at nausea at the end of the year saying, you know, don't expect every year to be like 2020. And then when we got to 2021 at the end, we were like, okay, you know, it's going to be where it's like Wall Street is going to pick right back up. And so here we are now. But what, what were some of the things that I didn't see coming? I clearly did not see a Russia Ukraine coming. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you've been hearing about the threats for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like he's not going to do it. And then he actually does it. And you're like, it's, it's kind of like you're stunned. Um, and then on top of that, I didn't see the rate hike environment like to be that aggressive, especially within this short period of time. This is a lot of stuff that we're seeing that's taking place within these last three years are highly unprecedented, highly unprecedented. But, you know, 2019 was an amazing year after I had a worse year in 2018. You know, Jolyn likes to throw this little jab at me every now and then, you know, let's for- talk about it, Mark. Do we need to talk about that? We're talking about it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, go, go ahead. This was, um, I don't remember. Well, it's 2018 for sure. Mm-hmm. This was um, a really interesting moment when, um, when it was like for 2.3 seconds. It doesn't even matter how long it was, but there was a time that I like to say that I had more money than Mark. For 2.3 seconds. It was a glorious 2.3 seconds. But then Mark recovered his losses and 
and I couldn't say that. <laughs> the point is, I also I also deploy more capital, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the the thing about it was is like you know here are some here are some things that I drew in parallel that you know I didn't foresee coming this year, and which kind of like you know to tie it in was the fact that in 2018, the Fed was aggressive. Like if you, Chairman Powell was like literally flexing muscle and we knew that inflation was on the rise because of tax cuts, but we just didn't know like, okay, hey, was it gonna be really that bad? You know, tax cuts normally lead to some form of inflation somewhere. Um, and then it was just like, okay, the world came to a standstill and it was just like, okay, quantitative easing, turn the money supply on. Powell came out with the money gun. And in 2019, it was like kind of like he just like, okay, y'all, I get the point. I get the picture. I'm going to fall back. And the market just had one of the best rallies that I've ever seen throughout the history of my trading journey. Um, and so that was an interesting thing where it's just like where I was like walking into 2022 and I saw, you know, that, okay, there's some parallels here. But like I said, I did not foresee that coming. But anyways, since I've been like going on this rant, it gives you enough time to kind of like take a look at this picture and wish that you guys see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look. So we see the bear market, right? And we the bear market is broken down into bear market drawdowns and then bear market recoveries. And so if you think about it, the bull market represents 71% of the time and the bear market represents 29% of the time. And through that 29% of the Say that again. Say that again. Okay. So bull markets represent 71% of the overall time. And then the bear markets represent 29% of the time. So within that bear market, it's broken down in, it's a bear market drawdown, which represents 10%. And then through that drawdown, that other 19%, which we're still in bear market territory, but it's that 19% where we go through the bear market recovery. So which is, it's kind of interesting to me because it can kind of play tricks on you because some people will be like, wait a minute, Mark, then isn't that kind of like a bull market? It could be the beginning of the start of the bull market. But again, there's that period of time where there's like that coiling that you typically see within the market before it goes on its next run. It's kind of like everybody looking around to see that the coast is clear, but everybody's, you know, nibbling or like starting to begin positions into new things or whatever you may have. But then when you look at the bull market, you see that, you know, 3% of a bull market is a correction. So what we typically see, there's a correction normally that takes place, what is it, every 12 to 18 months? And then, of course, the other, which, you know, if you think about it, the other, that's huge because in perspective, you know, that plays a major part of what we see, which is pretty much the rally of what we normally see. And then the 35% represents the all-time highs that we normally go through. So interesting. Um, and so what does that all look like? Let's, let's, let's tie it into a little bit of history, right? Yes. So this is from 1945 to really roughly, say about, let's say, to 2018, 2019. Um, so as you can see, the green represents the bull market correction. And then the blue represents the bear market drawdowns. So if you look at it, if we're counting here, we can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then, of course, you know, if we went further, then we would have more than that. But as you can see, we see some bear market drawdowns. And then, of course, bear market recoveries right after the drawdowns, which, as you can see, that's the time period that takes place over that time span. And then, of course, it's now that we've recovered from that, now it's like, okay, it's, it brings forth a fresh new bull market. And this is something in which that you can look at over a period of time where over and over and over, 
history will consistently do its job as it pertains to repeating. So now that we kind of like set the stage for each and every single one of y'all, and I'm going to actually like, I'm going to ask that we just put it on full screen because that way everybody can get a, you know, a fuller look at the, there we go. Thank you. All right. So now that we can do that, now let's look at like some things and let's just focus purely on just some knowledge and information here. So we're looking at three things, liquidity, longevity, and legacy. So when we think about liquidity, that's, as you can see on the screen, that's the next three to five years. The longevity part is the five years to the lifetime. So it's pretty much the longevity part is going to take up a vast majority of your journey as either an investor or whatever it is that you do, whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever, or if it's a mixture of all those things, you know, pretty much me personally, I'm still in that, I'm kind of like in between the two and the three where it's like, you know, five years of lifetime as an entrepreneur, but then as it pertains to my journey as an investor, that's legacy for me now. But it, it took a lot of time during that process in the early days that I made those decisions. And, I, and trust me, I got the scars to show it. That shows that, okay, hey, over a period of time, yes, there was hard moments. But when we think about liquidity, it's like it's pretty much by funding your liquidity strategy during a bull market and spending it and, and spending it down during a bear market, you are able to build a buffer between market volatility. Excuse me. And your and your ability to meet your short-term objective. So, you know, let's think about that for a second. So let's let's break that down. So when we think about like during a bull market, so when things are good, um, during a bull market and spending it down. So during a bear market, you are able to build a buffer between your market volatility and your ability to meet your short-term objectives. Okay, so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I want I want the cousins to look at this like this is your investor slash trading mindset, right? So when right. you are first entering the market, your focus is liquidity. So whether you whether it's a bear market or a bull market, your job, if you were the CEO of your own, you know, portfolio, your job is liquidity, almost by any means necessary. So what that looks like is um, choosing strategies that create money for you and gains in your account. So mm -hmm. meaning that you have whatever positions you have and you um, take, you sell your positions once they have reached a certain target that you have set ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And you take that money and then you do the next strategy, whatever that strategy is. Um, and so that's your focus. Some people have been looking at this like it's legacy or looking at it like it's longevity. And if you're just now starting, your focus right now is liquidity. It's a heist. Okay. I can't stress that enough. Go ahead, Mark. All right. So let's look at the next slide because I think that this like kind of like illustrates it a little bit better. So when you're segmenting your portfolio into three strategies can help you meet your short-term and long-term goals. So like, remember what I said, liquidity, cash flow, short-term expenses. So that's the next three to five years. When you think about long time, a long longevity, five years to lifetime for longer term needs. So that could be like, for example, you know, where folks that use their investments to buy a house or whatever it may be. And then of course, legacy now, now and beyond your your lifetime so which means that 
you know, for the needs that go beyond your own. So if you think about it, like in perspective, you know, mm-hmm. I look at it in the sense of when I think about my legacy that I'm building, like you normally hear about people building a legacy, but it's like, it's kind of interesting. We normally live a legacy in which that we build. So that way later on, people can essentially thrive off of the legacy that we left behind. You know, it's like we build legacies to only leave the legacy, to only leave something behind for everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also that's the ultimate objective. And that's really where you think about where investing is really or investing slash trading, whatever, whatever the vehicle or whatever the asset may be, you know, it pretty much is is warranted towards that. So just, you know, something to keep in mind. So but the question is, is that I'm probably sure that everybody's going to ask next is like, OK, well, how do you identify that? So, you know, when we think about the strategies that provide the most potent you know, protection against, you know, equity or stock downside risk also tend to be the most costly in terms of sacrificing long-term growth and potential. So that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I tend to notice across, you know, the board when I see, especially folks that are just getting started or just getting, you know, in the mix of things. Let me repeat this for you and I'll, and I'll break it down. The strategies that provide the most potent protection against equity downside risk also tend to be the most costly in terms of sacrificing long-term growth potential. So, which, which means that you'll see a lot of folks that like, say, for example, own stocks. Like, have you ever asked anybody, JoLynn, like somebody who bought stock in like a company, like, remember when we had Charles, uncle Charles on the show. Mm -hmm. I remember when he said that he bought Apple at like some ridiculous price, like maybe 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. I wonder would Uncle Charles be the person that literally goes off and sells that stock that he bought at 15, though that we're in a bear market or if we're in a, if we find ourselves in a recession? I feel like Uncle Charles is holding. Exactly. You know, for those in whom which that like, for example, if you bought something at a ridiculous low, like let's say if you own a stock at a ridiculous low, then it's like you're not going to sacrifice, you know, the equity holding position. Mm-hmm. Just to essentially, you know, just to hold on to a few bucks. I mean, that's the part where it's like, you know, you got to think about it from an investor standpoint where it's long term. Now, if you're trading on the other end, yeah, you're going to cut losers in your portfolio based upon whatever your trading plan is. You know, because especially if you're trading, it's like the the downside risks that you're protecting yourself against. Those things are a lot different, especially when you're thinking about other vehicles like, let's say, options or futures or whatever you may have. So then let's think about it, like, for example, as you construct or as you look at your portfolio, because I'm speaking to a lot of people today in whom much that they don't either know how to build a portfolio or Mm -hmm. they don't even know how a portfolio is constructed or essentially they're not even really even looking at the risk. So, okay. So if we think about it, the first thing that you got to think about is think structurally. (laughs) I like the little play on word because it's normally think strategically, but it's think structurally. Is your portfolio taking the right amount of risk to meet your short and long-term objectives. So if you're thinking about it in a short-term period, then, and especially if you're trading, that's why you hear most folks that talk about a trading plan. And we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but then also like for investors, there's also an investment plan there. Like you guys have seen like the retirement shows or the retirement ep- or, uh, commercials where they sit down and talk to their wealth advisor or their reti- the person who's handling the retirement. And then they're like, hey, I wanna go do this. And then the person who's managing their money is like, okay, well, we make a few adjustments here. It's kind of like that thing where it's like when you look at your portfolio, it's structured a certain kind of way to meet your objectives. 
Um, and then the next thing is plan strategically. So have you calibrated your overall asset allocation positioning to ensure that the portfolio continues to align with your goals and objectives? Whether or not you're in a bear market or in a bull market, the objectives and the goals should quite remain the same. Okay, and then the other part is, it's like considering the hedge, consider hedges. Have you considered other strategies that can mitigate your portfolio's downside exposure? So like, and this and this is key for a lot of like, let's say, you know, traders, especially long-term traders, right? You know, for, for a person like me that like focuses on leap strategies. The reason why I like leap so much is because of the fact that they do tend to hold on to intrinsic value, but you know, of course, you know, if volatility spikes and if volatility is running high, it can hurt me a little bit within the premiums and also theta. But at the same token, I think I've spoken on this quite a bit uh, in the early days where I said, also at times when I realize of moments of weakness in the market or when I sense moments of weakness, and if I don't feel like getting rid of my positions just yet because of the timeline horizon that I have, then many times what I'll do is I'll play a put against my own position as a hedge against my portfolio. Now, that's from a trader's perspective. People who also own stock will also play puts against their portfolio. You know, puts is, of course, when you're in a bear market, when the market's going down, then either you're playing calls on the inverse uh, ETF, aka like a T triple Q that's up 112%, you probably play the calls there. But on, say, for example, a QQQ or a T triple Q or let's say SMH, ARC or whatever it is, you're probably playing puts on. So and whatever individual stock. So and then it comes down to the part of managed liabilities. Do you have a plan to pay down debt when markets are healthy? So, for example, a bear market can quickly turn leverage from a carry trade to a margin call and don't fall for the okie doke, a.k.a. Shout outs to cousin Joanne for the don't fall for the okie doke. All right. <laughs> so when we say like the carry trade, right? So that means like, imagine this, like you, you take something, you, you buy something or you borrow something on low interest. So imagine back during the pandemic when easy money policy was running rampant in these streets. Think about all the companies out there, the smart ones that literally mm-hmm. took out like loans, took out loans for the company and literally had them at ridiculously low interest rates. Probably everybody was was cashing in on that. The ones who didn't are now in a position, and especially if they need money, now it's like they have to borrow at higher interest rates. But the thing is, is that when those interest, and some folks got got in on variable, God bless, but if you did, that's unfortunate. Because now the interest rates have significantly spiked, you could be possibly in a situation where you could find yourself in a margin call. But I mean, in, in a margin call, that's when they're when the bank says, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a call on this loan to you know, can you pay this or can you pay X amount uh, to essentially you know satisfy." So again, we think about those things when we talk about like planning strategically, thinking structurally, uh, considering hedging, managing your liabilities. All those come into one when it comes to putting out your 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 structure for longevity, your structure for legacy, and your structure for liquidity. Let me add something to that, Mark. Let me add something to that. So as you're looking at those three, the um, liquidity, um, longevity, and legacy, it's like you're Mm -hmm. starting out with liquidity. So you have that account for liquidity. As you are accumulating, you know, your um, gains and all that, then it's like that money is set aside and it's moved into, you can either keep that account the way that it is or now have another account that's for 
liquidity. And then the account that used to be liquidity is now moved into longevity. So that way your accounts have purpose. So like for me personally, I have an account that's called the empire account. That account hey. has a different strategy because that one is going to be moving into um, legacy. So that account has a different strategy. I'm not risk averse in that account. I'm like more, or I'm not risk averse. I'm not risk adventurous in that account. I'm, you know, more so like conservative because that one is more so about the um, capital preservation. So even if I made, you know, like a smaller percentage, the whole point is that, okay, at least I made something. I don't want to lose anything out of that account. But liquidity, you know, you can have a little more, uh, I'm not going to say risk. I'm going to say a little more flexibility in your strategies, depending on what type of market you're in. So not only does the longevity or the um, liquidity, longevity, and legacy um, apply to your mindset, it also applies to the structure, how you um, construct your overall um, wealth building strategy. And there are other components to that as well, because even when you're in liquidity, you know, this mindset applies outside of the market. Yes, we're talking about portfolios right now, but it also applies outside of the market because there are other ways to create value. Like the top three that I like to talk about would be um, investing, which is what we're talking about now. Um, mm -hmm. The other one would be, um, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, starting a business or investing in a business like a startup or what have you. And then, uh, yeah. And then the other one is, you know, your J-O-B. True. So Very much so true. Making money. However you're doing it, it's like liquidity phase. So you, it's a different mindset to have, but, and, but it's a strategic one that will serve you regardless of what kind of market we're in. Correct. And the interesting thing about it, like somebody had asked the question like really quick and there's no such thing as a dumb question, but they said, do you need a certain amount of stock to buy a put? Jolyn, you want to answer that one? Do you need a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of stock to buy a put? No. Okay. That is correct. So you don't need to actually own the stock in order to play puts um, on the market or to play puts on, say, for example, a specific company. Um, that would be considered the trading aspect to it. Now, of course, that's having something in which that, okay, hey, you're protecting your upside, you're protecting your upside or your downside risk um, by playing a put to the downside just in case if there's any drop. So let's say, for example, if I bought Apple, let's say at 105 and then Apple spikes all the way up to, let's say, 175. Well, and I'm starting to notice that the stock is teetering a little bit. But then it's like, I'm going to play a put at the 175, maybe till about 150 and essentially earn money on the downside. And then essentially take that money that I, let's say that I own in Apple or that I owned in that put and then move it over to stock and then maybe rebuy or buy something else. It just depends upon what your plan is. It's like okay, so balancing your account. So if one is going down, you can get the put so that it, you will come either close to even or you're winning on the other side. That is correct. Okay, so let's let's carry on to the next one because let's let's get into some of the action like stuff that you can do, like mm -hmm. you know, especially to prepare yourself. Because you know, this is the first thing that I always see, and I and I actually kind of noticed this one, you know, during mm -hmm. the midst of uh, during the midst of like 2008, and then on top of that, you know, other times 
throughout the market, like the the Fed taper tantrum when that was just pretty much a negative year. I think that was 2013. And it's kind of crazy because I took everybody through the matrix there. And then here we are. And so God has a sense of, you know, irony at times. Um, but don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> Do not panic. Uh, this is painful. Like it, it's, it's painful. I'm, I'm, you know, covering my words because I know that there's children watching, but it's painful. But remember, it's temporary. You know, bear markets don't last forever. So sticking to your plan is key. So resist the urge to change the risk profile of your portfolio. Like that's one of the things that you, the first thing that you need to think about, like if you have a plan that you set forth, now can your plan be tweaked here and there? Yes, but don't try to go, you know, <laughs> what, I, f- I forget, uh, what, did, what did TiVo used to always say? Risky Roger? Yeah. Just to, <laughs> don't go Risky Roger. Just to essentially say, okay, hey, I'm going to change my plan just to be, you know, significantly more risky if that's not the plan that leads towards your long-term objectives right your short term you write out for your short-term objectives and your long-term objectives and then you put together an investment plan and a trading plan and then essentially you move forward but in moments like these it's very easy to panic trust me it's very 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 easy to panic in such a market like this but the folks in whom which that have been here for a, for a while, like you probably see, you probably have heard from folks that are that have been in the market for X amount of time. Like if the markets were really that bad, you would be seeing folks like, you know, a lot of those traders that you see on CNBC, you would probably see them like going off air or like literally more so tuned to their phones. If the market was going to be that significantly bad, they would be more so paying attention to their phones and devices to maybe get out of a trade or to you know execute something. Versus like being like giving up their talking points. So I use that as an example just to say that, you know, again, there are going to be moments in time in which that the market is going to be extremely volatile, where the market is going to be extremely bearish. But that doesn't always mean that you need to deviate exactly from your plan. And the first thing is a lot of times when people make mistakes, the first thing that they do is they react because they panic. Right. And let me add something else to that. Um, so if you are making major moves within your portfolio um, that are like significant, you know, deviations from your portfolio, I guarantee you, you are acting out of desperation and desperation has no place in wealth building. It just doesn't. You can't be out here desperate, you know, looking for the next game, like calm down, take a breath look at your portfolio and look at your trading plan and see what makes sense. And if you are having a moment where, you know, it's all emotion driven, just, just stop, just come back to it the next morning. Correct. Okay. So let's get to the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Let's get to the next one. So this is where it comes into portfolio management. So one of the things that you also want to do is you want to use sell-offs as opportunities to harvest capital losses. Yes, there's a tax benefit there for capital losses. So like, for example, when I took losses during a year, I use those to essentially offset myself when it comes to taxes. So that can be used as that can also be used as a way. Now, does it suck? Does it sting any less? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, it's like there it, it gives me something so that way I can still consist, consistently keep moving forward. And that's the name. That's the key. Keep moving forward. And then on top of that, there is this thing called rebalancing the portfolio. So rebalancing the portfolio can also enhance the upside uh, by 
ensuring that your portfolio doesn't drift too far from the target allocation. So when we say allocation, like for example, you may be, let's say, like for example, in my portfolio, 70% of my portfolio is Tesla. But then at the end of the day, there's also a vast other part of my portfolio that's like consisted of other things. There's maybe a few bonds here. There's maybe, let's say, a few ETFs, like for example, with an energy. There's maybe even some other tech-related companies, and maybe there's even some emerging market uh, stuff there, or maybe even some opportunities that I see for the future. And I'm like, okay, the, the price is so cheap that I'm, if I'm looking at it over a five to 15 year basis over a long-term haul, I'm not going to let that deter me based upon what I'm going through right now in one year to knock me off my square over a 10 year mark. Now that's just for the stock as it pertains to that 30%. Now, of course, in my trading side of the, in my trading side, there are things that I will have to cut and prune based upon where it is in my trading plan. And then from there, maybe readjust my portfolio or give myself even further in time for something else. So it just depends upon what your trading plan is. And that's where it comes very crucial for when you write out those rules for yourself. Okay. And this is where it comes into the part of get tactical. So though all bear markets may feel the same, there are two things that they all share in common. So there is always a bull market opportunity within a bear market. So like, for example, a lot of folks think that within a bear market, nothing is positive. That's not true. There are a ton of things that have had glorious years. If you look at the energy sector, I think the energy sector is up about 54% year to date. So think about all the companies that have been doing so well within the market this year that are within the energy sector. Healthcare has done pretty decent and some utilities as well. So then it's like, but technology, consumer discretionary communications, the three sectors that I actually love the most are getting hammered. But yet at the same token, there are other places in the market where there's a bull market opportunity. And then, of course, companies we love are on sale. So, again, it depends upon what your plan is and then what your allocation is. But again, it's like depending on what that is and what it looks like, there may be opportunities for you to say, OK, hey, I'm going to step in and buy this. Like one of the things that I was looking at was like, though that I mentioned S triple Q, Jolyn, earlier, where it's up 112 percent year to date. Mm hmm. Well, now I'm looking at T triple Q, which is like, you know, down significantly, but yet I'm in a bear market. So what you're telling me is me just by owning the stock and buying, say, for example, just T triple Q gives me a significantly upside opportunity to buy that when I realize that the market is. And it's like, I'm not trying to time the market. That's the other part. I'm not trying to time it. My thing is, I'm just trying to spend time in the market, a significant amount of time that gives me an opportunity. So I may be buying T-Triple-Q at this point in time, even if T-Triple-Q could say, for example, go down a little bit further, which gives me even more opportunity to buy. And then essentially, I know that in the long run, that T-Triple-Q will probably experience some upside. Now, if I'm thinking about trading those things, that's a totally different ballgame as it pertains to the rules. But that's just something as it pertains to perspective of what you're going to start seeing. So one of the things that I always tell people is, Pay attention to some of the language that you hear. Like, for example, if you start hearing that Wall Street is starting to say that I'm starting to nibble on things, that means that, okay, I don't believe that the coast is clear yet, but it means that I could probably start a position on something, though that there could be potential further downside, or maybe we just trade flat. And then essentially from there, it's like when I see that there's an opportunity then, or when I see that, okay, hey, that the coast is starting to look a little bit more clear, I may buy some more or actually fill out the position. 
Okay, so stocks have generated strong returns during uh, the bear market recovery phase. So that's the part where it's like we didn't really touch upon that heavily, but it's something that we should really talk about. Because mm -hmm. when we look at like a lot of times people only focus on the bear market drawdown. So like, let's look at like the two things or the three ones that stick out is let's say the 72 uh, fall, which is 43% downside, which is the drawdown. And then of course, 45% uh, drawdown in the dot-com bubble bust. And then of course in 07, we had a 51% drawdown. But then look at the upside recovery. Now the recovery does take time, but look at the, look at the timeline or just look at the upside opportunity. So down 43%, but up 74%. Down 45%, up 81%. Down 51%, up 104%. So it's like the markets are going to give you opportunities in which that it's like, it's just a matter of like, don't really, don't stress yourself out so much as it pertains to timing and market. Like that's, that's not going, unless, now if you're, a, if you're a trader, where it's like you're a scalper, a swing trader, or, you know, you know, those types of things, then yeah, it, a lot of times your, your, your moments are going to be about timing and price action and volume and so many other different things. But you know, those are the main gist. But if you're, if, but if you're not that person, then again, it's like, you know, you don't really have to time it. You just have to pick your spots and set your targets and then essentially say, okay, Hey, that this is where I start. And that is it. Yay. So I do want to say that, um, you know, this conversation will be ongoing. We have some other things um, and other, uh, what, guests? Mm -hmm. show, yeah, guests and things like that, that will continue this conversation um, yeah. about uh, portfolio management, um, especially given um, just the climate, this climate in the market now. Mm -hmm. So. And like I said, just just remember, it's like it doesn't, you know, one of the things that I always tell myself, especially when I have a bad day, mm -hmm. bad days only last for 24 hours. Now, of course, bear markets don't last for 24 hours. They can go a little bit longer than that. But the one thing that I always tell myself and that I've always reassured myself throughout my journey uh, as a trader or an investor is that they don't last forever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, as that you feel the pain and it's like the pain feels like forever because of the fact that you're going through it. But it's like, it's always funny. Cause I always look at it in the sense of 24 months later, like the market is completely like 24 months later, the market looks drastically different than the, what it used to look like. Yeah. And that's like, you go back and look at anything and go and look at any chart, you know, and of course, you know, good companies or, or just the market in general. 24 months later, the market is always different than where it once was. I mean, even 12 months later, the market is always different. So those are the things that I've been able to learn. And like, that kind of gives me a set of calm, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's like, you know, but going through it, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's definitely tough. But yeah, at the same token, if you can make it through the things in which that you've made it through in your lifetime, then going through a period like this in the market, especially for the new, for the new traders and new investors out there that are literally beginning their journey. Trust me, you ain't seen nothing yet, but yet at the same token, it's like every experience that you go through only will make you wiser, will only make you stronger and it will truly, truly make you better if you learn from them. So that that's the last piece of advice that I can give from that, from that part. 
Well, speaking of learning from, you know, this time, this is an excellent time to look at your trading plan right now and review what um, what your strategies are when your positions are not going your way. Because we in the past, we've talked about, you know, well, it's the importance of knowing what your exits will be before you enter. Like, yeah. Do that first so that you have clear presence of mind yep. and you're not even in the position yet, but you know that, okay, if this position, you know, loses X amount percentage, I'm out. Like regardless right. of where it is, like you're out, like set that ahead of time. Um, and then, you know, you have use your tools, like your stop losses, um, as well as your trailing stops, um, that those are simple things that you can do to be proactive in yep. your capital preservation in a market like this. And even in, in, even in a bull market, you know, you just want to make sure that you know ahead of time what your exits are going to be like, that is really good. Um, like sound financial discipline to have because it takes the emotion out. Yeah. You know, and also when you plan to sell, like no, like know that stuff ahead of time. That's just key. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but it just escaped me. Oh, also, <laughs> hello, context-wise, context is everything. Remember who you are and who nice. you come from. We are a resilient people. This little market, you know, bear market situation that we got going on is nothing compared to what our ancestors went through. So it's, you know, it's okay to have those down days. It's okay to um, have, have a down, a, year. <laughs> down year, have a portfolio that has like gotten beaten to a pulp because first of all, money is everywhere. And if you have that mindset that money is everywhere and the money is inevitable, we already talked about the ways that you can create value. If it's to the point where, you know, you have to review your 70, 30 budget where, you know, 30% is your expenses and 70% is your, um, what you would invest, like tighten up. So yeah. again, can I, I say just, something? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say this y'all like, you know, over this period of time, it's like, you know, this, it's been a lot that, you know, that is, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, it's like, there's, there, there's a lineage now as it pertains to the come up series. And even then, it's like for a person like me that like literally it's like, you know, what if you asked me back in 2018, Jolyn, or 2019, mm -hmm. would I be sitting here literally talking about, you know, investing in markets and economics and everything else, you know, outside of the dinner conversations that I would have with, you know, my friends and everything else? Would I be sitting here on YouTube talking to a community of folks who look like us? You know, would I be doing these things? You know, because mind you, like Jolyn will tell you, it's like, you know, these are the same kind of conversations that I've been having with people really since what, 2015, you know, and it was just like, you know, like having the conversation with anybody who would dare to listen or just, you know, just want to engage in the conversation, you know, and for me, it's just like, you know, when I look at the history of that, do I always get it right? Look, in my timeline of what, 19 years now, I'm not batting a thousand. <laughs> I'm not batting a thousand. I don't bat perfectly. 
But that's the point. I don't bat perfectly, but I bat efficiently. And at the same token, I also learn and always grow. And you and bat. it's like and, and, and I step up to the plate. Like that's the other part. I step up to the plate. And it's like sometimes it's not gonna be your best day. Sometimes it's not gonna be your finest hour. Like the things that haunt me are the things like, for example, you know, just you know, giving my opinion on specific stocks or specific positions and everything else. You know, it haunts me every day because of the fact that it's like, one, you know, who am I for people to, one, even care about what my opinion is? And then the fact that people listen to my opinion, you know, that's a scary thought. And so, like, you know, to the folks out there, like, you know, especially, you know, I want you to know this. Like, honestly, from me personally, from me personally, I can't speak on behalf of Jolyn, but for me personally, you know, I really feel that when I see, you know, when I see the messages, the comments and everything else, you know, the part where it's just like, you know, I, I, I take in the part of, you know, the successes and everybody else. And I, I celebrate the successes, but I also learn from the losses. I learn from the, from the, from the negatives of which that when it does, when it didn't go right, you know, for me, I never wanted to be a call out service. You know, that's, that's not who I am. I never wanted to be that guy. I always wanted to make sure that the people that look like us were knowledgeable, that we could sit at the table, at any table, and have a conversation with the folks in which that seems so far away or that seems so elevated. The conversations that you would see on TV that you can now have those dialogues with other folks and they have to listen to your opinion because you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with that is like, Again, at the same token, I have to hear the losses also. I have to hear when, you know, when somebody listens to my opinion and it doesn't go right. Mm -hmm. Like that's always like the, you know, that's always a tough part about giving an opinion where it's just like, it's tough because of the fact that you, one, you never know who's listening. You never know what's going to come about it. And it's like, it's always that thing that haunts you because it's like, you want to make sure that you get it right every time. But I don't. And, you know, for the folks out there, you know, that are going through it this year, like as it pertains to like this market, just know this. It's like you will see better days. You just got to stay focused, stay tried and true and stay on the course as it pertains to words that you're trying to ultimately reach. You know, it's not easy to reach that to reach that destination, to reach that success. You know, honestly, you know, I look at it and I say, to everybody in whom which that I've always looked up to, mm-hmm. there's always a backstory. And that's why I quoted on um, on Twitter today. And I said, nobody ever cares about act one. They never care about, like when we go to plays, nobody really cares about the first act. They always care about the second act. Because within the first act, that's when you hear about like the mistakes that are made, but also at the same token, you hear about the, you, you, you also see the, the maturation process go. But by the time when the second act comes, you know, that's the, sto- that's the part of the story that everybody pays attention to. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees you in the gym. Nobody sees you sitting at your laptop studying. Nobody sees you reading, you know, for example, you know, economics textbooks from like three different, you know, versions, version three and version five and getting <laughs> an idea. Nobody sees you doing all the type of work. Nobody sees that. But the only thing that they see later on is they see the they'll see the other part where it's like, okay, hey, the part where you're starting to make it, they lo- they will love to see the success. And that's the part where it's definitely going to be the challenge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the challenge in which that I realized for myself 
I understand that plight. And it's a tough road to walk. It's a very, very tough road. So just know this every day that we come on this, that every day that I come on this show, it's like I carry that every single day, every single time that we hit the go live button. It's the challenge that I face every single time to make sure that, hey, did I give enough information within this hour? You know, the times in which that I'm still running tired, nobody's going to care if you're tired. They're going to want to know, hey, how is it that I can learn so that way I can build this legacy for my family? Mm-hmm. And I take that, like, I literally carry that on my shoulders every single time. So just know that, like, when even when moments when it's not going to be our finest hour or my finest hour, or I may not get it right, sometimes my thesis doesn't work out, just know just that I'm focused on trying to get us there. Yeah. I mean, Mark, you already know, you already know the vibes. I appreciate you beyond measure. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, just reflecting on all this time, um, time on, you know, YouTube or whatever. I almost said time in the market. I, mean, <laughs> I was gonna, like, say time on YouTube, time on Facebook live. Right. You, you know. know, all that, um, you know, being able to sit with, any communication, whether it's good or bad, takes a lot of capacity. It takes a lot of grace and generosity. And not everyone is built that way um, to do that, you know? And so I just appreciate, you know, the, I appreciate how your heart is shaped for the community. And also like being able to teach with all of that in the background as well. It ain't easy. <laughs> it is not. not easy. It's not, it's not easy. Um, but you do it with grace. And I think that that creates a space for, um, I, I feel like that creates a space for learning. Um, and it also creates fertile ground for other leaders to emerge. So, yo, I just want everybody in the chat, if you guys can, I just want you to write act two in the chat. Yeah. You know, because act one was like you, you came into the market, whether 2019, 2020, and the market did some pretty glorious things. Just know this, like, I want each and every single one of you to focus on act two. Like act two is pretty much of what happens when the bear market ends. What happens when the bear market goes into recovery? What happens when the bear market is over and ultimately things sort themselves out. Where will you be when act two is here? Yeah. How much knowledge will you have when act two is here? Like what position will you be in when act two gets here? Yeah. You know, who will you have taught to be prepared for act two when it gets here? It's about to be lit. It is. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen that. The funny thing is, you know, like I said, I told you before, Jolene, my greatest flex is, you know, and, and, and my wife knows it, you know it, the people mm-hmm. that know me know it. My greatest flex is ultimately I want to make other folks successful. Like that's so, really where it is. The, the greatest flex is when you can make I'll, other I'll folks successful. One of your biggest flexes. That's what you're trying to of say. Of course. I mean, of course you're one of my greatest flexes. You know, you, Che, Tivo, everybody like that's played a part in the journey that I've had the privilege to just even serve a small part of, just to give a portion of my knowledge or a portion of my time and understanding, whatever it is, 
that's the greatest flex for me when I go off and see them do phenomenal things. Like if you guys could see what TiVo is doing today versus what he was doing before, it's amazing. TiVo is in his act too. Okay. <laughs> right. So I mean personal act too, y'all. And the come up series is getting ready to go into its act two, where it's like, you know, it become it, it goes from two wolves or a few wolves to a whole wolf pack. So I mean, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited for what's gonna happen with the with the with the cousins. I'm excited for the folks in whom much that we haven't even met yet. Like again, you know, that's why I said, you know, act act one, mistakes you you make mistakes, there's learning, there's experience. You go in the gym, playing in bang. And then act two, those results start to pay off. The work that you put in, the studies that you put in, it really starts to show itself. You know, there are folks even within the come up when the within the cover cousins that literally have conversations with me that literally share information with me that I didn't even know. It's like in just that short period of time. So Again, it's like, I'm excited for what everybody's going to do. We've gone six minutes over time and we got to stop doing that overtime because clearly, uh, yeah. I know, blood sugar. <laughs> it's not on brand. Have me passing out. <laughs> it's not on brand. And these lights, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> man, y'all. Uh, so to wrap it up, man, if you didn't, if you didn't hear anything from this, from this series, like, you know, if you didn't learn anything from tonight, you know, the one thing that I want you to focus on is literally, again, don't panic, plan strategically, you know, consider your hedges. And then at the same token, focus on liquidity, longevity, and build that towards the legacy. If you really stay focused and tried and true, and remember this, it's not going to be overnight. It's not, you know, if it was given to you overnight, you wouldn't value it. It wouldn't rock the same. It wouldn't hit the same. But when you put the work in, and when you see that whether your kids are able to go off to college and not have to worry or you're able to fund a few businesses and then those things take off or whatever it may be, you're able to buy up X amount of real estate or you're able to essentially own up a block, you know, fund a few nonprofits. Mm -hmm. Look, man, in every lesson, there's an L. So, again, focus, focus. You know, we hope that you guys enjoy tonight. Keep learning, keep researching, because the more you learn, the more you earn. Until next time, I am Mark Monroe. And I'm Jalen GC in the place to be. And shout outs to my bro, uh, the Panther in the building, because he, he stopped hey, by to show up. Uh, and also happy birthday to him. You know, when you get the chance, happy hit him birthday. up and say happy birthday. Uh, up and coming. We expect to see him fairly soon here on the Come Up series. So, yeah, y'all have a good night. Thank you so much. And we're out.